Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. From our beds and couches to our cars and desks, human beings are more sedentary than ever. After decades of sitting in chairs and staring at screens, we've lost access to basic human movement. The average person can't touch their toes, sit in a deep squat, or perform a single pull-up. Of course, there's a direct correlation between our physical health and our psychological well-being. If we want to change the quality of our lives, we must first change the way we move. How do we do that? Well, that's what we're talking about today here on the public podcast. We're speaking about functional movement with Aaron Alexander. He's the author of this new book, The Align Method. We're going to be talking about that. And then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Aaron, Ryan, and I, we're going to discuss how you can align your mind, body, and movements. We're also going to talk about improving your posture, flexibility, and so much more. You can check that out at patreon.com slash the minimalist. Your Support keeps our podcast 100% advertisement-free because advertisements suck. Aaron, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for doing this, man. Who writes that? That was excellent. I need to hire you for my next book. <laughs> I think you... <laughs> well, you know, Josh has been doing it for uh, 30 or for 40 years, basically. <laughs> yeah. He's got, the, he's got the hang of it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, well, this is a listener-driven show, and so we're going to dive right into the questions. This is really how we're going to talk about alignment, about movement, about mm-hmm. functionality. Our first question today is from Facebook. Gerald has a question for us. What simple exercises can we do every day to keep our bodies moving correctly? Hmm. Well, so uh, in the, what do you call it? The, the, the maximal episode. The maximal episode. We went through some of this stuff. The mm-hmm. one thing that I would recommend that would be very simple and very accessible uh, would just be to introduce a pull-up bar into your home. Mm. So the reason that that is relevant, a big part of what the Align Method represents, is changing the way that we perceive fitness to not be a thing that we do, but who we are. So all day, you know, every moment throughout the day, you have a choice of the way that you breathe, the way that you use your eye muscles, the way that you communicate, and the way that you change the shape of your home. So we become the shape of our home. And so an example to start to change that shape, to change our own physical shape would be throw a pull-up bar in between like some doorway you walk through with regularity. Uh, Each day hang from that pull-up bar. uh, A total of 90 seconds would be the recommendation in the book. Oh, wow. And what the total, it could be 10 seconds at a time, 10 seconds, nine times, 15, six, you know, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. however you, I'm I'm glad I got the math right. That was, (laughs) I was kind of guessing and I checked out. That was correct. He'll check you on this. He's the human advocate. (laughs) (laughs) Good. good. And so the reason that that is relevant is as we are sitting, you know, phones in hand, sitting in desks, mm-hmm. you know, in forward head posture and all forward shoulders and all those things, as we discussed in the other conversation, it's not bad. It's not a moralistic judgment of like you're doing a bad job. You're a, a naughty postural person. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has 
effect and it has outcome. You know, and what that effect does, for one thing, is it's going to impede your ability to get a full breath of air. It's going to impede your ability to communicate and perhaps express that you feel confident in conversation. Uh, it's pr probably going to reduce the level of attraction from the opposite sex mm. because opposite sex is looking for someone that feels stable, secure, mm. safe, yeah. feels like at home in their bodies. Yeah. They feel at home that it makes me feel at home. We can kind of have this like home thing. Mm -hmm. And so a simple thing of just getting your arms up overhead, hanging, literally changes the structure of the shoulder girdle. There's specific anatomical parts that I'm not going to describe because it doesn't feel appropriate. Um, and from that position, when you come down off of that, you've opened up the space around the lungs, you've opened up the ribs, you've the shoulders can then sit back, you've elongated the spine, and it's easier for your body to just be able to rest into a, you know, a stacked, well-oriented position. You know, when I first heard you bring a bullet bar in your book, I was going towards you encouraging people every time they walked through the doorway to do a pull-up. Or like mm -mm. to do an arm hang, yeah. And when you when you talked about just hanging from it, I'm like, that's the simplest advice that you could possibly give someone yeah. who's looking to change their body a little bit. Just hang. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is you don't need to. I think so much of our culture is about this gets into minimalism is about adding. Yeah. It's like we don't need to add anything new. We can just do better with what we have. Mm -hmm. You know. So start to value the possessions that you have. Start mm -hmm. to value your 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 physical biological possession yes you know and start to really take interest of like okay i don't need to add a bunch of new workouts and new exercise like mm -hmm. I, th I think i have access to most of the things i need to be healthy yeah yes like what a bummer of a world that we'd live in that you need to go out for this stuff yeah in order for your cells to function mm. like most of it's there yeah, You know, and a simple example of that is just, you know, starting to change the shape of your environment just enough that you can take your body through a full range of motion. Yeah. Now, your, your book is so good about like, th there are some, I don't know, some things that you recommend to do as far as stretching and exercises, but that's not what your book is about. Your book is really about uh, observation. And I think that that's something that we overlook because we're looking for the perfect prescription. We're looking for the perfect way to do things. We don't really think about or observe kind of where our bodies are at. And uh, yeah, that's your book does such a good job of helping us just observe where we're at. Yeah. And that's kind of the place to start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our postural patterns affect the way that we think and the way that we feel, you know, mm -hmm. and, and one of the the studies that I reference in, in the book is one from uh, San Francisco State University. And it was about postural feedback, mm. which is a term of the way that we move affecting our, our state, the way we think, the way we feel, psychological state. And what they found in that study uh, was groups of students that would be in a hunched over position, which is kind of like the standard archetypal sitting in a chair at work, you know, forward head postural, forward shoulders, all the things. Mm -hmm. It was easier for groups in that position to be able to access more like challenging memories, you know, mm. like melancholy memories, times that I felt kind of like down. My mm. cat died, I got dumped, whatever it is. Like, oh, you put yourself into that position. Mm -hmm. It's easier for you to kind of open up that Rolodex of when times were hard. Yes. When you put yourself into an upright position, you know, and shoulders back and you open up your vital organs and you're, oh, you're like, oh, I'm open to the world. Mm -hmm. It's literally changes the way that a, a person acquires memories. Wow. If they go in and kind of open up their internal filing cabinet. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so with, as we're communicating to each other, like that's the Albert Morabian is a professor from Harvard from the 60s. He came up with a thing called the, the 55-38-7 principle. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is 55% of our body language or 55% of our communication comes from 
body language. Yeah. 38 is the tone of our voice, you know, and then there's the last 7%, which is the actual words that we're saying. Wow. So if there's incongruence between what I say with my physical postural patterns, facial expressions, Mm -hmm. and the tone of how I say the words, Mm. there's incongruence there Mm -hmm. with 93% consistency, you will trust the tone and the body language yes. over the words. Like if I look at Ryan, like, I love you. Right. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, there's that's so right. off. What like, is going on yeah. right now? Josh, yeah. you look you, great today. <laughs> yeah. It's like I seem <laughs> exacerbated or you seem annoyed. Right. You're yeah. trusting that over the actual words. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, that's how you communicate sarcasm quite often, mm. right? Is you present an intentional incongruity between yep. one's physical being and the words and the tonality of what's being said. Now, Aaron, during the Maximal episode, you touched on, we were talking about sort of you know, doing some things that align us better. And one of the things you said is, oh, we're all standing here. We're actually mm-hmm. standing on grounding mats. Yep. We have Clint Ober coming on the podcast in a few weeks to talk about grounding. But we're standing as opposed to sitting. It doesn't mean that sitting is bad or evil. I assume you have some furniture in your house somewhere. Yeah, I've got a couch. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Fraud. Hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't sit on it, guys. Right. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks nice. <laughs> and, and so we were standing right now, but then you said something that was fascinating to me. You said, I prefer that we were on the floor. Mm. Now, I'm not sure what you meant by that exactly. So I was hoping maybe you could expand on why being on the floor is a more natural way of being than standing here for two hours straight. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, James Levine, Dr. James Levine from the, the Mayo Clinic. Yes. He came up with the very popular slogan, sitting as the new smoking. Right. Which is not really the entire story. Like it's not, I want to say it's, it's, it's false, um, but it's not correct. Mm. Like it's, there's nuance to most headlines. Yes. Yeah. You know, like right. that one that gets shared around and the nuance there is that it's not sitting. It's the way that we sit, you know, in the previous mm-hmm. episode, we, we, we mentioned, uh, some research from university of Southern California where, the, where researchers went out and studied Hatsa tribes, people in Northern Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that, that people in, uh, these tribes were getting, uh, were, were in resting positions about the same as industrialized populations. About 10 hours a day. About 10 hours a day. So 9.82 hours per day, you know, and as they're, and what they're doing is they're resting is they're just, they're not resting inside of a box with air conditioned air, you know, and artificial yeah. lights and hunched over in a chair, staring into a screen and, you know, all of the other factors that are happening within that. Yeah. They are squatting every now and again. They are kneeling every now and again. They're floor sitting throughout mm. the day, you know, and then they're getting up with some level of regularity and taking a walk. They're probably going to reach their arms up overhead every now and again. They're probably going to relax their visual muscles and look out into the distance. Then they're going to bring their visual muscles back in and, and focus on what they're focusing on. Mm. That exercise or expansion and contraction of their musculoskeletal system and their, you know, their visual system and the way that they breathe, just the way that they like inhabit their bodies, that's health. It's not complicated. You don't need a machine. You don't need a gizmo. You don't need to pay someone thousands of dollars to like find health. Like we have access to it. And you don't need a technique either. And that's what's so fascinating is I think with your book, you're really going back to the natural movement. When I think about my daughter who's eight years old and when she was growing up pre-kindergarten, 
all of her natural movements, I was a bit envious of. Yeah. Where I would I would attempt to mimic her to the best of my ability, and it would, yeah. I would often fall over and not be able to do the same things that she was able to do. And yep. uh, I think part of me, you know, if I were to let my ego get in the way, then it would just prevent me from doing any of those movements whatsoever. Mm. But she moved so gracefully and naturally, and... I have lost that capability over the last 40 years. And you you moved yourself into um, an inability to access those positions. Mm. Therefore, you can probably move yourself back into it. Mm. You know, it's just, it, it needs to become a, a, a routinized part of our, our life where it's not something that's like, oh, this... I'm doing this workout. I got this new workout thing, yeah. you know, and I do that and I drive across town and I do my workout thing for 45 minutes and I open up my hips and my psoas and, mm. you know, re-engage my, post, my posterior chain, you know, and then I go back into the mold that formed me into that predicament in the first place. Sure. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so we can start to come in and, and do these subtle adjustments to our home, to our office, to the way that we travel, um, you know, and the way that we use these, these you know, basic systems that we use to perceive the world, like our eyes and our breath and all that. And if we can start to come into like the container that we exist in, being like our home, for example, then those changes that we get with that fancy rehabilitatory workout thing mm -hmm. can actually stick. Mm. But there needs to be congruence with the way that I live and the things that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's the big that's the big disconnect. And that's the reason yes. that people pay a bunch of money, do a thing, back pain's going for a little bit, you know, or they, they feel amazing for two days or 36 hours, and then they kind of come back, mm. you know, or they go to Peru and they drink ayahuasca, <laughs> you know, and they see God and snakes and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, I think I'm the chosen one, yeah. <laughs> you know, or you have this moment, <laughs> you know, of, of, of revelation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you go back to being a jerk in, in 10 days. Right. Yeah. It's good. Well, I got a marketing meeting tomorrow. Right. So. <laughs> I guess I, I have to default to this. Yeah. And, and I think quite often, especially with movement and posture and flexibility, <laughs> we default to what is not simple. But what is easy? It yep. is the easiest for me to sit on this couch over here or to sit in an office chair and get in that position that allows me to do the work on my glowing screen. Yep. Mm -hmm. It probably is actually the best posture for me to do these little stupid movements. Yeah, it's the shape that, of the couch. Yeah, they're not natural movements at all. Right. Um, in in the sense that like. Most of humanity, we were not doing this. If you're watching the video version of this on YouTube, I'm just basically like staring at a screen typing. Yeah. But as a writer, that's what I would often do for five, six, seven hours a day. Yeah. And I've built in a few things to get up every 25 minutes or so and do different stretches and so forth. But I still tend to default to that. Oh, I'm going to sit here in this chair because it's the easiest thing for you me to do. You would see an animal do that if they were sick. Ooh, expand on that. So if you'd go to a, you know, a zoo and there was, say, some primate, you know, whatever the bonbon or whatever the gorilla's name would be mm -hmm. at, the, at the zoo, mm -hmm. and they were, you know, had a, a stomach thing or they felt depressed, they lost, bonbon lost his girlfriend, mm -hmm. you know, they might suddenly become more despondent and, you know, they wouldn't have a screen in front of them or be holding a cell phone, but they might kind of be just sitting hunched over mm -hmm. in this thing. And we say like, what's wrong with bonbon? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. They're sick. Bonbon's sick or sad. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So that's become normalized in Western culture. And then, you know, we shared previously, that's the number one leading cause of disability worldwide is depression. You know, and then the, the gradual increase in usage of anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants and self-harm and obesity. There's a lot of amazing things happening in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy to look at things from like a glass half empty kind of perspective and fire and brimstone and everything sucks and, mm-hmm. you know, we're failing. And then yeah. we wrap ourselves up in this like other double bind of like, you know, we're doing it wrong. Yeah. It's like, we're also, we're also really amazing uh-huh. and we're really compassionate beings and we love to dance and we can make art and, you know, it's like, like life is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so, so we can also focus energy on how freaking amazing things are, you know, blow on that ember a little bit mm-hmm. and then see where that takes us. Yeah. Because if we're coming from a place of, oh, I'm a naughty boy. I sit wrong. Oh, I work too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. It's all it disempowering. It's not motivating. Yeah. Right. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's say... Let's take someone like Aaron, who is, if you're writing or you're working at a a computer or a glowing screen, what are you doing uh, that Mm. is different from maybe your average human being? How are you moving? When are you moving? When are you taking breaks? All of these things. What is more natural than the way that we're doing it right now? I would, I would just take a, a, a card from like we, we talked about, you know, any pre-kindergarten person Mm. or any lots of tribesmen or person living a more ancestral lifestyle they're going to be spending when they're in their resting position which essentially is checking your emails it's Mm -hmm. like a resting position Mm -hmm. um assume some of the positions that might be replicated in nature but make it a vibe like make Mm -hmm. it comfortable make it cool make it Mm -hmm. you know bohemian moroccan japanese feng shui like someone comes into your home they're like this is cool yeah like I, oh, wow. I feel creative in this room, mm, you yeah. know, and then like, oh, cool, and, you know, let's like let's watch a movie or let's make some tea or let's make some art or whatever. And when we or, or make some dinner, and when we sit down, we have floor cushions and maybe I have like a low coffee table, you know. And now we're going in this, you know, all the way up and down off the ground. And I all this is like this almost reminds me of being a kid. Mm. What was I like when I was a kid? I was kind of awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> like, like as a kid, you're curious, you're exploratory, you know, you're more playful, you're more imaginative. What makes a successful businessman? Mm. Like what is Elon Musk? You know, like it's, 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 or, or Steve Jobs, yes. you know, I don't know that this relates to them from a movement perspective, but from a, a you know, a, a psychological perspective, it's their capacity to explore and push boundaries and think differently and move differently. Mm-hmm. This is the move different part. And it ties into the way that we perceive the world, mm-hmm. you know, so you go to a restaurant, go to a, you know, a Moroccan restaurant or Ethiopian restaurant you know, or Japanese restaurant that's like traditional and, you know, you're down on the ground. Yes. It makes you feel a way. Mm-hmm. Right, you're like we're doing something different here. This is kind of it's like an adventure. Mm-hmm. At first, though, it's it's uncomfortable in two ways. One is it can be physically uncomfortable if you're not used to that. Right. Yeah. If I just go sit on the floor right now, I'm going to experience some discomfort relatively quickly compared yep. to like my yeah. some of my favorite Japanese minimalists who own virtually no furniture. They just sit on cushions at mm-hmm. home. 
And it's going to also feel comfortable socially or uncomfortable socially, yeah. right? Like, oh, I'm not, I'm just simply not used to this. I don't even know how to acclimate to this environment. It's so, really simple. So, so ha- in fact, you know what, uh, Danny, we could do this now if you want. We can sort of, we have the carpet here. We can, we've cleared out our coffee table. Maybe you could... You could walk us through yeah, very yeah. simply yeah, what sitting on the floor might be like. And also, <laughs> yeah, sure. while you're here, getting up on your own. And I'll, I'll narrate it with Ryan here. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, Dan, if you want to move the camera over here, move we'll get camera. Alabama out of the way. So I can kind of talk us through the general thing, like the, the takeaway message. If you just do this, it's like, you know, worth your time of listening to this whole entire episode, just implement this one piece. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting on a chair or on the ground, make sure that your hips are up above the height of your knees. Mm. Your hips are above your knees. That's it. Okay. Things okay. are simple. Ah, you know, like live our lives more principally based. Okay. That is a principle that will overlay almost anything that you do. You know, so when you're sitting down at a desk, when you're sitting down on the ground, if your hips are up above the height of your knees, what that does is it sets up your pelvis and your spine to be in a mechanically stable, strong position. Mm. When you hunch yourself over in that kind of like sad puppy dog position, yeah. and about to get like swat with a uh, newspaper or something, mm-hmm. not that I would recommend that or advocate swatting a dog with a newspaper, but if they feel like they did something wrong, they go, oh, yeah. that position, mm-hmm. right? So just the simple act of making sure that whatever you're sitting on on the ground, get cushions. For some people, the cushion might be two feet tall. That's fine. Mm. Uh-huh. your hips need to be above the height of your knees from there it will be comfortable and then you could even have a person like push down on your shoulders and if you can have someone push down your shoulders your hips above the height of your knees you'll feel that weight evenly be distributed through your spine down into your pelvis mm. and you're you're stable and supported you can sit there all day wow why don't you show us here yeah. on the carpet yeah, so here sure. yeah. we'll have you over, right over here we're <laughs> roughly where Alabama was <laughs> Okay. Do we have a pillow or a cushion? No, we're minimalist. Minimalists don't have cushions or pillows. Right there. Is that a bag or is that a? Oh. Any sort of cushion. Oh, I can't. That's okay. Oh, that's our lighting. Stuff. No, you don't want to sit on a light. Okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. I so I don't. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's now squatting on the ground. You got to watch the YouTube version of this. Yeah. Did you see how easily he just like yeah. sat down? Sat down, cr- uh, crisscross applesauce <laughs> with no assistance except his legs and feet. And yeah. What are you, a three year old? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So he would, he's mimicking what it would be like to sit on a big cushion. Therefore, your hips are above your knees. Yes. So okay. he would need like a three or four inch cushion. Okay. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> 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 
Mm. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So for those of you, right, right. Just got to mimic a child. (laughs) If you're just listening to the audio podcast, you probably didn't catch a lot of what, what Aaron was doing there. I would encourage you to go back and check out the, the YouTube version of that. Yeah. But he was mimicking essentially what, if you gave a child a laptop, Man. how they would work while they're on the floor. In fact, what's so fascinating about this, I saw this. My my greatest regret as a parent is ever giving Ella a tablet, even though she does relatively well with the tablet. Yeah. Um, but she does many of the things that you were just showing us right there when yeah. she is watching the tablet. If we give her half hour, an hour of screen time, mm-hmm. she's not stationary in one position. Yeah. She's squatting. She's laying on her side. She's laying on her back. She's doing all these different sort of movements, moving into all of these positions constantly. Yeah. It's the opposite of what we do is, hey, I'm going to sit in this chair for the next Four hours until my lunch break. Yeah, with bad posture. Yeah, and then at lunch no break, no bad posture. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah with it's with, not with, a moralistic thing. Yeah, that's it's true. just thank, posture. Thank, thank you. That will guide the body into um, lacking access to power. Yeah, um, it's not empowering posture. Potentially <laughs> increasing the likelihood of disc herniation or some type of you know, mm. spinal disease. Mm-hmm. Um, increasing the likelihood of developing osteoarthritis in the hips and in the knees, which is over a $30 billion industry in the United States, having hip replacements Blows and knee replacements and, um, and osteoarthritis. Yeah. yeah. So all of that, all of those ailments are absolutely 1,000% preventable. Mm. It's just choosing to engage with those parts of our body. It is not something that you need to do. It is a choice that you have the opportunity to elect to do. Yeah. That's an important distinction. Yeah. And so it's not about the, well, I need to go to yoga three times a week and that's Mm going to fix my problem. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about (laughs) fixing anything. Mm -mm. In a way, you're actually talking about regressing. (laughs) <laughs> because mm, we've yeah. progressed yeah. our way out of movement. Right. We we are trying to be the v- brain in a vat that just sits here and, you know, uh, contemplates or whatever. Yeah. What what's the the saying about like man's deepest fear is like being uh sitting still alone in an empty Put room. Yeah. yeah. But but of course like if you sit still long enough in an empty room, you're actually not moving. You're not being a human being. Mm. And so we're, ta- we're afraid of the, the moving mind, but in a way we're afraid of our moving selves. But stillness also is, there's an art and science to stillness. Yes. Right? So sitting still, you know, that is like the, the, the root of all of man's problems is the inability to sit alone with themselves in a room. Mm-hmm. And if you can tap into that place and be comfortable in your body just with yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have stimuli in order to be okay. You're like an addict. Mm-hmm. I'm an addict. You're probably an addict. Like, we're all, yeah, add- we're like, all addicts you, in some way. If you're in the, like, the modern stew, mm-hmm. you're probably an addict. Yes. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah. You know, let's have compassion for each other. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> what, yes, what, that's why I love how you, you like took away the morality of posture because that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to moralize everything yeah and instead um yeah it's it's being with each other rather than being like this is good this is bad yeah, yeah. and that's you know that's, right, that's, that's the wrong. first and that's like you know making progress in a conversation with somebody or maybe having a dispute with somebody or a relationship thing or whatever it's creating a safe container yeah. to be wildly vulnerable and honest 
hundred percent. You know, so we don't need to lead with like, oh, like I'm Mister Align guy. I'm like straight, right. yeah. you know, yeah. upright, always sitting on the ground. You're like, that's <laughs> not it. Yeah. I've got issues. I've got problems. You know, and I I choose to create these basic anchors throughout my day, and I choose to observe my environment. And I sit back and say, like, how am I going to form in this room? Mm. You know, so if I'm changing my space and I'm decluttering or I'm you know, going more of a minimalist approach, yeah. what does that do to my, my cells? What does that do to my musculoskeletal system, my structure? Well, one, it opens up space for me to move. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So if I'm in a cluttered space, I actually got a home from a, a gal who recently passed away, um, but she was a uh, hoarder. And so coming into her, her place, it was, she's known as like a, like a mole hoarder. And so she had, it was like pathways. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Stage Amaz- four, stage five hoarding. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. Pathways, big open space. Mm-hmm. And the way that you go through the path, like newspapers stacked up, like, you know, it was, it was really like uh, boxes stacked inside the bathtub. Really impressive. And so in that home, how is that person able to move and express their bodies? They're going to kind of shuffle around here, here, here. You open up that space. Suddenly it opens up the ability mm. to like, oh, I can lay down on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now suddenly my arms are going into this range of, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I was essentially moved by the container that I existed in. It's like a, it's like a goldfish growing to the size of the container. Mm. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, interesting. I make some space. Maybe I'll get a comfy rug that's inviting for people to come down to the ground. Yes. Maybe I'll put some floor cushions. Maybe over there I have a yoga mat or I have a pull-up bar. I've got some myofascial release balls. I've got a foam roller, mm-hmm. just stuff. It doesn't need to be weird. It doesn't right. need to be crazy. Uh-huh. Just little subtle things that remind you that uh-huh. you're this, this, this physical being yeah. and your body matters and your health matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the space, we often feel so compelled to fill the space with things as opposed to enjoying the vastness of the space. Mm. It's fascinating. Ryan and I lived in Montana for, uh, four, four or five years and no one ever goes to like Montana says, man, we really need to fill all this open space with something, <laughs> you know, but like in our homes, it's like, well, I've got spare room. Like, of course I need to fill this with there. things. Yeah. Hey, what do you think I should put in here? Yeah. Talk about moralizing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, what should I do here? What shouldn't I do? As opposed to like, wow, look at all this open space. Yeah. What opportunities are here for me to move? Yeah. yeah. I don't have to fill it with things. I could fill it with movement. Yeah. yeah we have a lot of should on us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like over it. I'm like good on the should. Mm-hmm. Good on the should. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Tweet that podcast, on, Sean. <laughs> Ryan, let's move on to the lightning round. Tell me what time it is. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions, your comments, your smart remarks to 937-202-4654. Now, Aaron, during the lightning round, this is where we and our guests, we try to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We call them minimal maxims, but don't worry. We just ramble on a bit. And eventually, Podcast Sean tweezes out something pithy and beautiful so people can uh, copy and share our pithy answers. It's Mm -hmm. right there from the show notes. You can share it on social media if you'd like. You can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. We have a question here from Satya. For people who work long hours at their desks, what do we need to consider when it comes to the ergonomics of our workplace? 
you know, so we've been touching on this already, Aaron, but ergonomics are, this is often the consumerist way of trying to fix mm. my problem that I've created by these unnatural working environments, right? So it's like, yeah. well, you know what the problem is? I need a better keyboard. Right. I need the lumbar support on my chair. I need this thing to swivel. I need the desk that tilts at this particular angle. And any of these things might actually help to some degree, but it could also be that they're exacerbating the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, w- within that, it's like simple is typically better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the simple principles from an ergonomic perspective of how to make your office environment better uh, or more effective, more me- mechanically efficient is like I had mentioned, just make sure that whatever seat you're on, make sure you're able to get your hips up above the height of your knees. Mm. So that's like an easy, simple baseline. Mm-hmm. Hips up above the height of the knees, check. You put a little ball on your femur, on your thigh. If it rolls down, you're already in an advantageous position. Okay. You know, And then from there, making sure that you know, extending the idea of what is range of motion, what is fitness mm-hmm. into our visual muscles and saying, okay, what am I looking at? Am I just looking at this screen for eight hours at a time um, or whatever amount of hours at a time? Um, change the position of the screen so it's nearby a window. Mm-hmm. So if you're working on a laptop, just like you know, reorient your desk so that you have the window, actually open the window up all the way so you're not blocking out a certain spectrum of light mm. through you know, multi-planed, uh, uh, however it's double called. Pane glass double pane glass. Yeah, exactly, yeah. double pane glass, mm-hmm. uh, glass windows. Actually opening the window, getting fresh air in, being able to look out into the woods or wherever you're looking at, mm. relaxing your visual muscles causes your autonomic nervous system to calm down. Mm. So when we can relax our visual muscles just for a moment, you know, get maybe every five minutes, ten, whenever you want. It's not a rule. Uh-huh. Like every person's different. We're always looking for like the perfect contained structure things. Yeah. Like if you feel a little stressed, take a moment and unwind. Whatever that is for you. Yes, whatever a moment is, whatever unwinding is for right. you. Yeah. And, 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 and a physiological, structural expression of unwinding is relaxing your eye muscles, mm-hmm. taking in the, 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 the panoramic view. Mm-hmm. Another part of that unwinding, because your visual muscles are tied into your autonomic nervous system, would be tapping into your breathing muscles. So if you are in that decompressive moment, you can stack another variable being breath and you can have a even audible exhalation. If mm-hmm. you're feeling stressed out, you got a meeting thing, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you're just feeling yourself build up cortisol, norepinephrine, you're like, oh, mm. relax the eyes. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Check in. <laughs> you can do that anytime. Yeah. Right. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> as long as you have the right desk chair. Right, exactly. Right. And the right keyboard. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love in your book how you, and I don't think we have time to unpack it right now, but yeah. you talk about the five different gears when it comes to breath. Right. And uh, th- that alone uh, was mind-blowing, not to mention the other stuff you have in there. I know you did a podcast episode on it as mm-hmm. well. Maybe we could find that and put a link to it in the show notes uh, sure. podcast, Sean. But yeah. Um, the breath is such a powerful thing, man. Like just starting with that is... And it's, it's knowing, once again, there's no right, wrong. There's this type of breathing will cause you to feel this type of way right. will lead to this type of results. Mm-hmm. So understanding how to use your breath in more of like a, you know, like, like a hyper ventilatory type way or 
Yeah. Like, what does that replicate? Right. That replicates extreme exercise, mm-hmm. you know, or some type of like, wow, like in the book, we call it the fifth gear, which I, you know, I borrowed from a friend called Brian McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done a podcast with Brian as well, where we like get into all of that and going through the gear systems of how we breathe. Mm-hmm. So having access to be able to just turn yourself into that high level you know, your body's going to start to release things like norepinephrine and kind of put yourself in a very ready to go, ready to fight flight type state mm-hmm. by going through that. <sighs> yeah. The opposite side is saying, wow, when I'm just sitting here having a hoagie, checking my Instagram <laughs> notifications, I can't, people can audibly hear me mouth breathe. Mm. <sighs> mm. <sighs> oh my God. Yeah, right. Oh man, now I want a hoagie. <laughs> so in that situation, now we're okay. We're in first gear. So now, how can we start to extend our access to first and second gear? Yeah, that more. There's more moments of exposure in life. It takes more to get me out of those gears. Yeah, where I'm suddenly Tony Robbins. I'm up on stage with fifty thousand people or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm calm. Yeah, thank you guys for coming out. Yeah. Let's go. Heck yeah. First gear. Yeah. Now he intentionally puts himself up in like higher states and change your state, all that stuff. Right. But to be able to be um, more flexible with what actually stresses you out, a great anchor point for that is to be aware of the way that you breathe. This is talking to people that, um, you know, that are like friends that are, are extreme sport athlete people, base jumpers and wingsuiters and stuff like that. Um, the, the thing that is consistent among those people, my friend called Sketchy Andy Lewis is an interesting person to look up <laughs> for this. Something that he's told me is the thing that brings him back to being like, okay, everything's okay. My shoot didn't, my shoot didn't go. You know, I got to go to my my spare. <laughs> wow. You know, or I'm jumping off this cliff. I mean, he's he's like ridiculous. If you look him up, it's very interesting. Uh, the the one anchor point that we have to control our state, control our physiology, control our thoughts, control our feelings is to come back and anchor back on the breath. Mm. Everything is telling me, go. (laughs) okay, now it's chaos and we're screwed. The one thing that you can come back to is you can say, okay, like, Mm. collect. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What can I do? The breath was the anchor. Right. So if you're having a conversation with someone, you're getting kind of angry and you're feeling yourself kind of like, you know, your hairs are going up on edge and you're like, oh, I don't yeah. like this feeling. Breathe. Yes. You know? But don't over breathe because that's going to turn you into the more of that sympathetic state. Yeah. Breathe less mm. through your nose. Emphasize the exhalation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Breathe less and fully. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting when you were talking about the breathing in the book, I thought it was like kind of the opposite of Wim Hof. But like as it was unfolding, I realized like I'm like, oh wow, like that Wim Hof method, it's it's doing something specific for your body that could be useful at a certain point. But um, but yeah, just doing the Wim Hof method with not having a reason to do it may not be as advantageous as just calmly breathing. Well, it's good if you if you want to psych yourself up. It's mm-hmm. it's good if you want like cognitive clarity. Yeah, if you, you, know, if you to, want to put you into a more neuroplastic, like adaptable, yeah. like, okay, like we got to make decisions bath. quick. Right. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> yeah. Folks it may also, not know who Wim Hof is. We did a video with him on our YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, Sean, just so, because there's this whole breathing technique, <laughs> yeah, the right, Wim Hof yeah. breathing We, we could say the name of that segment, but we'd have to uh, put the little explicit warning <laughs> marker oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on this podcast. Oh, good. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
Um, well, I got something pithy from Aaron here. That I, so I wanted to just wrap up this uh, question from Satya. Oh yeah. He said, "Your body is not the problem. What you are doing with your body is the problem." Mm. And and so when when I think about you. Know, even the so the sitting isn't the problem. Mm-hmm, yeah. The lack of ergonomics is not the problem. It's all about what we're doing and for how long we're doing it, and ultimately where are we trying to go with this? Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. Did so, I say that? You did. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that I is, do that sometimes too. on, that on Twitter. Legit. Someone will quote me. <laughs> I'm like, I agree. <laughs> I love I hope that. So. Dude. Uh, I yeah, got something right for you, you as well. So, um, Satya, here's here's my little minimal maxim for you: a sedentary body produces a restless mind. Mm. I think quite often when I am too sedentary for too long, too long for me personally, mm-hmm. I get to this point where I do start to get neurotic or OCD, and and anytime I want to get out of that state of hyper anxiety. There's a hill right by my house. I just walk up that really steep hill, and I'm yeah. by the end of that, I'm out of breath a little bit, and I'm, I got my heart going, mm-hmm. and my mind isn't going as fast as a result. Yeah, yeah. we we've been so our our body is still adapted to have some type of physical threat, you know, some stressor, mm-hmm. and, and our reaction to that or the opportunity is to move ourselves into safety. Away from the threat, mm. either into the threat to resolve the threat, or away from the threat to get the heck away from the threat. Right. Now, fast forward to you know since cell phones and technology, you know, and and kind of you know maybe ten thousand years at like the longest, like agrarian age and beginning of farming and things. Sure. You know, but especially now, yes. where your threats are emails and messages and all that stuff on That's, your screen. Yeah, we've manufactured threats. You still, and they're legitimate threats. Sure. You know, being outcasted from your tribe is a legitimate threat. Yeah. You know, losing access to your bank account, legitimate threat. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a lot of to be like present with with what's happening in Canada. Mm-hmm. You know, so so like those are real things. It's not just like oh threat. It's like no, that's it's the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just at one point it was more coming from the lens of oh I'm moving through nature. Yes. Now those threats, physiologically speaking, all the same systems are happening. The part that's been removed is the moving ourselves to safety. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. get some message from someone that's waking you out for some reason mm-hmm. or rents past due or you mm-hmm. know something, mm-hmm. you get upregulated with all of the hormones that cause you to, and the neurochemistry that cause you to be, be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your blood may be shunted out of your vital organs into your muscles to literally get you prepped to run or fight. Mm. Yeah. So now there's this opening. Yeah. Right? You're like, wow, I can like cool. Like my body is stressed. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like what do I do with that? Yeah. You could get a punching bag, you could go for a run, like yeah. use it. Yes. Like this yeah. is this is your juice. Heck yeah. Uh, use that fuel as opposed to it just uh putting you in that state where the mind is becoming so restless and it amps up the anxiety, it amps up the fear, it amps up the stress. Yeah, and humans, we run on problems, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have outsourced all of your issues, the, like you're, you're, you're a problem-solving system. Mm. And so if all of the problems have been outsourced to technology and you know, like others, everything's just, everything's taken care of. Yeah. You sit there and you start to create chaos. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're looking for the problem. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, like, that's why there's. I would love, yeah, yeah, to like take down a woolly mammoth right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is there some threat to my family? That's wild. It's like, nope. We got security systems. We've got like the police are at, at the yeah, ready. Like yeah, you just yeah. sit there and just. You know, be a domesticated, safe human being. Mm. That's crazy. You're yeah. like, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we light something on fire. Like, what can we do? Yeah. <laughs> well, this this kind of um, this conversation is a good segue to my my uh, pithy answer here, which is movement is medicine, and it's interesting because they're asking, you know, uh, basically, what can I buy? to better, uh, to have better health, to have better posture, whatever it is while they're sitting at their desk. But really you don't have to do anything when you, when you're feeling anxious, you, you move, you get up and you start moving. And that alone, um, is a, is a great piece of medicine. Yeah. And yeah. that's like, even like, like EMDR, you might pay a therapist to go and have you do this, you know, horizontal eye scanning thing as you're going through and unwinding past traumas and such. Mm. The way that that concept got developed was, you know, walking through the woods. Like when you are walking, navigating, walking yourself to safety, mm-hmm. you're making the choice to resolve whatever the threat is yeah. by engaging with these movement patterns. You're looking yeah. left and you're looking right, and you're looking left, and you're walking and you're looking up and you're oh, taking in the panorama. All that's tied in to your physiology, your autonomic state mm-hmm. saying, okay, like, I don't know exactly what's happening, but it seems like he's making decisions. Yeah. Right, he doesn't seem like he's just like bound up oh, in a panic, mm-hmm. frozen state, mm-hmm. which is another side of the autonomic nervous system. There's fight, flight, and then freeze, oh, shut down. Uh-huh. You know, and that's even like there's, there's been research with this with dogs um, and probably other other animals as well. But a concept called learned helplessness. So learned helplessness is if you put it's kind of terrible, but there, there's researchers put dogs on like this like shock floor uh-huh. and mm. so they press a button shock and the floor would there'd be electricity going through it'd be like oh like this sucks yeah and then they give them the option to to press a button and then stop you know so, so they can actually make a choice to, to stop the electricity mm. if those dogs are on that floor with no access to a solution on how to change for long enough they'll go into this kind of hunched over like the gorilla, Bon Bon, mm. that's sad and depressed in the corner, like, what's wrong with Bon Bon? Uh-huh. They'll go into this kind of shriveled up, just like helpless state. And then when you present them the opportunity to relieve their pain, they don't choose to take it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. Not everybody. No, no, but, but, but not everybody. You know, but we have, I mean, we are in a sedentary society that is full of pain and suffering, like actual physical pain. Right. And we might be in that frozen predicament now because Mm -hmm. all of this seems so overwhelming. And that's what I like when, uh, with your book, the Align method, uh, what you talk about here is it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Mm -mm. It's not about doing the 45 minutes of this and buying the right products or services. It's simply about moving. And there's some ways we can do that to, to help us more than, if uh, we were just to try to do it on our own. But for the most part, you're talking about tapping into your basic human and, movement. And, and, yeah. and reevaluating what it means to move in the first place. Because movement, like we've gone, we went over some of the seated positions, like you're already at the laptop. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're already there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just saying like, would it be that heinous and terrible to just ad- adjust your hips 
an inch and a half differently mm. to suddenly set up your spine to be practicing a position of stability and support and functionality. Mm-hmm. So that suddenly your that central column, your axial skeleton, that spinal cord, it feels spacious enough. Like again, coming back into your home, it has the ability to go left, right. It has full functional range of motion. All of those, all of the joints, the vertebra. Mm. They're stable, stacked. They're not impinged and stuck against you know one one position. They can only go one one range of motion because it's so blown out to the left or to the right. Mm. Suddenly, your central nervous system says, "Okay, I trust you to be able to access power." So when you're in that hunched over position, it's not bad. But if you try to lift weight from that position, your body, rightfully so, would shut down your access to strength. If you're practicing that position where your body will shut down access to strength with regularity, you're practicing, you know, weakness, disease, dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's an there's an opportunity to just say, okay, like, what if I just change my shape a little bit here, and just be aware that my body is always under a state of construction. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we're having this conversation, literally, our cells are regenerating. We're circulating fluids. You know, we have this, it's called piezoelectricity that every time you make contact with something or lift a weight, you're creating this electrical charge in and around those places where it kind of, it felt that pressure. Mm. That pressure sends the indication to your cells, fibroblasts, fibroclasts, osteoblasts, osteoclasts, these, these, these cells that either build tissue up or break tissue down based off of the information that it gets from how you use your body. So... When you're sitting, standing, you know, any position, your body is literally structuring itself to fit the motions that you choose throughout the day. Mm. It's building itself into that position. Yeah. So if you were a house and you had some contractors come, they didn't know how to build a house. You got like the, you know, some like cheap Walmart contractor situation. You're like, oh, to save some money. Yeah. You know, and they're not putting the boards in right. You come into that house, there is a storm, the house gets knocked over, it becomes dramatically more expensive. Mm. That's the way you exist in your body in daily life. If you don't understand the basic mechanics of how to build a house and you just try to throw a house together, it's gonna be rough. You need to invest some time and energy and, and maybe money to find a professional or find a book or you know, have some introspection or find a coach say like, how do I drive this thing? Mm. I've never really been educated on like how I drive the most important piece of machinery I will ever own in my entire life. Mm. It's very simple. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but mm. simple isn't necessarily easy. Amen. And, and that's why we, we're often defaulting to something that is far more complex. In fact, the way that we are interacting with the world today is far more complex than the Hadza or, or other people but we can simplify it. And, and ultimately that's what you're talking about is simplifying your daily movements in a way that is more natural. Yeah. And there's, more basic, and, there, and there's basic overarching principles that are going to be consistent in most any type of like weightlifting scenario or yoga or dance, you know, and, and if you sort out those basic fundamental principles, one of it would be like understanding how to find length and neutrality in the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, another would be, you know, maybe understanding how to how to breathe in a way to either create strength, to calm down, to upregulate. Yeah. Uh, finding orientation of your feet, 
to the ground, finding is there tension in my body someplace that's not serving me? Mm. There's a guy called, we mentioned before, Moshe Feldenkrais, he called this parasitic tension. Mm. So parasitic tension is the tension that you might have in your shoulder or your neck or your spine or your hip or your pelvic floor that throughout the day, it's just always there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and it just does, it's just, now it's just you or who you think you are, mm-hmm. right? As I am tension, mm-hmm. who would I be without tension, mm-hmm. right? And so simple, basic practices to just go in and you can maybe even just shake out your leg a little bit, mm-hmm. shake yeah. out your foot a little bit, maybe shake your hips a little bit, maybe rotate your spine, they just, like whatever, just shake it out. Yes. And what you'll find is for some people, it might be very challenging to just shake it out. Mm. You're shaking it out. I was like, am I, am I shaking it out? It's like, no, dude, you're not shaking it out. <laughs> <laughs> but also you're not talking about something that's so grandiose either. No. Shaking it out. Shake is, it out, man. I mean, yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap this up here. Malabama, you got anything else for us? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hi, this is Katie from Glen Ellen, Illinois. Emily was asking for advice on how not to get seduced by new shiny things and then feeling guilty about buying them. I also have a problem with getting really excited about new shiny things. And what has really helped me reduce those impulse purchases is when I see something new and shiny, my immediate reaction is, yes, I want to buy this. Instead of throwing it in the basket or shopping cart, I will physically carry it in my hands while I continue to walk around the store and shop. This does two things. Number one, it helps me understand the physical bulk this thing will take up in my life if I buy it. It makes the idea of the true cost of living with this item much more tangible. And number two, by the time I'm done walking around the store, the initial high of wanting and then holding this new shiny thing has worn off. Carrying the item around in the store essentially tricks my impulse-motivated brain into thinking that I have purchased this item and the impulse has been satisfied without having to actually buy it. I have appreciated the object as much as was possible, and then I moved on. Remember, uh, it's, you can appreciate something without having to buy it or own it. My name is Tristan Wright. I'm calling from Melbourne, Florida. Ryan's comment about wanting to talk about the environment without being negative resonated with me. I have increasing concerns myself, and I'm changing and adapting, and part of me keeps this to myself so I don't come across as a self-righteous do-gooder on one hand. And then on the other hand, I don't like to bring it up because I don't want to be criticized when my efforts are less than perfect. One of the easiest and best things that my husband and I have done to affect change in our children is to take them to the dump. I know that that's really funny. But when they see and smell and experience the trash, it makes such a huge impact on them. Uh, The questions that follow have been really good, and it creates an ongoing conversation that leads to a lot of (laughs) different rabbit trails. But the virtues of just eating an apple rather than having applesauce packets, and it leads the conversation also into appreciating the mangoes that the neighbor gave you because they didn't even have to come in a truck from across the United States. Um, so we've been able to create these conversations and it's been a really 
good thing for our family to help align with our simple lifestyle. It's the perfect opportunity to explain why we choose the best things that our money can buy, the fewest amount uh, that we can or the smallest amount that we can, and why we keep those things and we don't just constantly change and dispose of, of, of things that have value. And I'm talking about things like couches and mattresses. We try and be intentional with our purchases. It's hard to think of things being easily disposed of when you witness the stacks of mattresses and couches and the birds pecking at them and you see that firsthand and it makes such a huge impact um, on me as an adult, but specifically the kids. All right, y'all. Big thanks to our guest today, Aaron Alexander. Heck yeah. His new book. It's called The Align Method. They just released it with 20 new exercises. Also, he has a podcast called The Align Podcast. We'll put a link to both of those in the show notes. Ryan, for our added value this week, what gonna we get, I'm going to get you hip to some uh, some new music. I've been teaching our resident zillennial over here, Danny Unknown, um, <laughs> about all the tunes. <laughs> We got a uh, Babyface Ray, which is funny because you type in Babyface into like Spotify, you get the original Babyface, you know, the R and B Babyface. This is not a song from Babyface, although I really enjoyed his music mm-hmm. in the '90s. There's a, a new artist. His name's Babyface Ray. He's got an album out. It's called Face, and this song is called Dancing with the Devil. Ooh. It's a song that'll get you moving. Since we've been talking about movement today, Mm, enjoy this song. Or if you're listening to this on or watching this on YouTube, you can click up here. Is that right, Jordan? Somewhere up here to my left, your right, Ryan's right forward yeah <laughs> north <laughs> exactly <laughs> check out the song it's uh it's called dance with the devil from babyface ray by the way ryan we got a bunch more surprise questions this week like what strength exercises do you recommend to keep aging bodies strong what are the benefits of frequent short walks versus ones that are fewer with longer intervals which of the five postural archetypes are you plus a million more questions for Aaron and the minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, check out the minimalist private podcast this week, visit patreoncom slash the minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Minimalists. If you want our podcast show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. On behalf of Ryan Nicodemus, Podcast Sean, Malabama, Jordan No More, Social Jess, Danny Unknown, Emma the Immigrant, and the rest of our team, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn reminding you to love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Sipping all this drink, make it hard for me to think Diamonds on my chain just to cover up this pain If I ain't have a thing, would you still treat me the same? Huh?